All right, all right, all right, diary listeners. It is now 2023. And what better way to bring in the new year than to visit with someone that I have long wanted to interview? This is Nun Chuck, part one of our time with Chuck Nunn. Our, I mean, he's still our audio engineer. He's definitely a resource for me. So, uh, you know, I, I still reach out to him, but he's a fantastic DJ. And we're going to figure out how that all began for him and also appreciate how very passionate he is about it. Thank you, Chuck. Love you, man. Enjoy, listeners. Welcome to The Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories begin. Listeners, I'm here today with my lovely audio engineer who is no longer doing audio for me, but did for the past, uh, I guess, two and a half years, three years. Is yeah. that it? Chuck Nunn. Hello, love. <laughs> and we're. Shades Rico. I know, right? <laughs> Rico's here, and so is Chuck's lovely wife, Jen. But uh, they are. She's a mute, so you won't be able to hear her. It is. It is. It absolutely He's, is. He has actually used that, haven't yeah. you? Yeah, I was one. I um, so I DJ weddings. So uh, I had a friend ask me or somebody at work was like, "You're a DJ. What's your DJ name? And why isn't it Nunchuck?" And I was like, "Well, it kind of is. It kind of is. Yeah. Like yeah. for weddings, I'm just plain old DJ Chuck Nun. But like for stuff that's not for weddings, I imagine myself as DJ Nunchuck. Nunchuck. Yeah. Yes." I like that. I like that a lot. And you've always um, been into music, haven't you? Yeah. In some capacity? Yeah, since I was like 12. That's awesome. Back when Nirvana took over the world. Like, I was there for that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I mean, just imagine, uh, there's a there's a meme that goes around on Facebook or Insta- uh, social media every now and then. It's a pile of cassettes. Mm-hmm. That were all released in like 1991, and it's like Metallica's Black Album, Nirvana's Nevermind, Pearl Jam 10, yep. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic, uh, Soundgarden, Bad Motorfinger, and Guns N' Roses, User Illusions 1 and 2. And those all came out within like, you know, a year of each other, but really it was like a condensed version of months, like August and September of 91. Yeah. Um, go back and look at those release dates. It was a magical time to be a 12-year-old boy. <laughs> Um, I was digging holes out in the front yard. Yeah. <laughs> now, within that, did, what uh, what did you pick up first, like, as far as music? Just listening, obviously, but then from that. So, at the time, um, so before then, I played saxophone in school band. Oh, cool. But uh, I li- we lived in apartments, so it's hard <laughs> to practice a saxophone, because there's no way to practice a saxophone quietly. No. And Any instrument, in, really. Well, well, drums, even drums, like they'll have pads. You can practice That's doing true. your your paradiddles or whatever they call them. Paradiddles. I would know. Yeah, you can take an electric <laughs> guitar and unplug it, and it's you virtually can't hear it. Yeah. But there's no way to practice saxophone silently, so uh, I didn't practice my saxophone, and so eventually the the leader of school band was like, "We're gonna move you over to general music." <laughs> Um, which is for the kids who are presumably, uh, you know, didn't have enough talent to play an instrument. I don't know. 
It, maybe it's the way I perceived it at that age. It's like, oh, uh, okay, I have to go perception. over with the kids who don't do anything special. <laughs> um, so yep. I got over there. We started learning harpsichord on the you know keyboard. Right. So I learned the notes on the keyboard. The right. notes. That's where I started like basic. Uh, well, I knew how to read notes from right. playing the saxophone. Um, but yeah, I was putting that on the keyboard, and then we learned a Beatles song. Like, I learned the melody to Yellow Submarine. Oh, that's cool. On the harpsichord. Then the next unit, you know, they, you know, we got done learning harpsichord, like, new unit, we're going to learn the guitar in school. So, we started learning that. I don't remember what we learned in school, but I do remember, I took what I had learned on how to play that melody to the Beatles song, and I was like, alright, how do I play this on the guitar? Right. Because the thing about like music is like there's you know we have so many notes like A through F A through G and we got some sharps and flats, but every instrument uses those same notes. Yeah. So um, that was the you know I was doing thing not realizing what I was doing, but it's like all right now let's figure out this instrument based on what we know about this instrument. And so I spent a lot of time just figuring out okay, just figuring it out. I'm self-taught. I've never really had a lesson other than those. Um, you know, middle school units. Um, so I learned how to play that little thing on the guitar, uh, the Beatles song, the in the when I was born. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and so uh, my father had had an electric electric guitar. Oh, that's awesome! And so he let me have the electric guitar, but the rule was is I couldn't have the amplifier until I learned how to play a song. So, I learned how to play that Beatles song, how to quote-unquote play that Beatles song on the guitar, and I got the amp, which was great. And I pretty much started playing guitar then and never stopped. Um, Do you think the harpsichord was fundamental? Because I feel like a lot of people say that about anything that's piano kind of bass. Yes, piano. This is what I say all the time now, that if I, had, if I could go back, I would go back and learn the piano yeah. because... Um, if you know how to play one instrument, you should be able to figure out how to play, or at least make a musical sounding noise with another instrument. Right. Like, that's what I say, I feel like I can do. I don't know how to play every instrument, but I feel like you can put any instrument in my hands, and I can make something, something. pleasing come out of it. Right. Um, but yeah, if, but the, it seems like the people who know how to play piano m learn so much more about music theory, and, and there's just... I don't know, maybe it's just an untrained ear or perception, but it seems like they have so many more levels to knowing how to do music. Like, if you can play guitar, you can you can play other different kinds of instruments, but I feel like if you know how to play piano, everybody I know who can play piano can also play every other instrument. Yeah. So I always say that I wish I could go back and learn the piano because I think it would make me better at other instruments. Well, because also, you have to learn how to read music in yeah. order to play yes. piano. There's no yeah, yeah. piano tabs. Yeah, so that's another thing that helped. I was the, music. Yeah, when I was young and then tablature came out, um, we used to buy uh, magazines on paper. Now everything is just a website. But back then, you could mm -hmm. actually go to a drugstore and buy um, like uh, magazines. Yeah. I mean, in grocery stores. And they had you a can thing still called... today. I don't know who does. Okay, but... yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I see them there. I see I them. Know. They're just like as a relic. But yeah, they have that tablature, and that made learning how to play songs a lot easier because it was a much more uh, like intuitive visual aid. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, but I don't know that you can do that with a piano, like Rigo said. Yeah. So you got to know how to yeah. read music. 
The other thing is, too, is that it's versatile in genre, too. Like, piano is found in so mm-hmm. many kinds of music. Like, yeah. That's what I didn't like about um, I chose because I was a follower when it came to music because all my Orange friends were going into either flute or clarinet. Mm-hmm. And clarinet, I don't know why, it just looked better. Mm-hmm. I think because it was black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like... I like that because it's this color and you don't mm-hmm. have to hold it out to the side. It right. makes more sense to hold it in front of you. That was about as far as the logic went. And mm-hmm. then I realized that there isn't a lot of music outside of classical for uh, a clarinet. And that made it kind of boring mm-hmm. for me, which it shouldn't have because classical music yeah. is awesome. And it shouldn't have because they should teach you about jazz in school, but they... <sighs> I don't know, at least back then, seemed to stick to classical and not touch on jazz. And I had to wait and get older before I realized, oh, shit, you can do all these other instruments in jazz. Right. Um, Well, and the other problem with it is that you needed a reed. Yeah. And I didn't like the woodwinds because you Mm -hmm. had to lick this thing and Mm -hmm. had this wet reed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. But at least the saxophone, it's cool and it's versatile and there's lots of other kinds of music that it can be a part of. Whereas clarinet, Mm -hmm. I mean, I could have learned it and then maybe expanded upon it mm-hmm. and brought it to more things but i wasn't cool i wasn't was and, cool enough for that <laughs> and that like that's one of the things that i love about music like if you can you can take any song like a song is basically like the instrumentation at least is all like if you know for instance you can take any like song if you know what chords are being played in that song you can play those chords on a piano you can play those chords on a guitar. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yep. what's cool about music, any song, like, there's different covers of every different version. Mm-hmm. Like, one thing I love doing at weddings is finding, um, like, string quartet versions of every... There's a band or a group called Vitamin mm-hmm. String Quartet. They're one of many who do, like, string quartet versions of every popular song you've ever heard. Right on. So, like... Pre-wedding, like pre-ceremony, I'll always have a playlist of that stuff going. And if anybody's seen Bridgerton and the music in Bridgerton, um, it's... I, I feel like the music was probably the best part for me. Oh, we really liked it. But I didn't... I, I, didn't I think that was it. the like first time most people, a lot of people realized that they would play pop songs, but then a string quartet version. Yeah, yeah. That's what um, I really liked about it. But yeah, but like any song you can take and put in any genre, like a song is just the, the structure and the bones of it. Mm-hmm. And like the instruments you choose to play that song with are like the meat on top. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I, don't, I, I love that. That's one thing I love about music is being able to take a, you know, one song but use different instruments and now it sounds like a completely different genre, but it's still yep. that song. It's still that song. Yeah. I like it when you like hear just the the... the... I guess it wouldn't be the melody. Maybe it is the melody that's the different. I don't know enough about music to know what's what, I think. Um, but, like, honestly. But, like, when you're listening to something that's purely instrumental, then you realize that it has lyrics that you that you understand, mm-hmm. too, and that they're not playing that. But then you're like, oh, and then well, you can... Basically, um, when you're hearing lyrics, that's just the melody of the song being right. sung with the instrument, the human voice. Right. So you can take that... in. That line of musical notes that the voice is producing in the in the um, with in the the words the vocals and I don't know play that on a violin mm-hmm. or on an acoustic guitar or a flute or a clarinet yeah and like you know what I mean like people I imagine people are sitting um, at the weddings that I'm DJing mm-hmm. beforehand 
and they're hearing their song, and they're like, I know that. Yes. It's because they're hearing the melody line on the violin, and it's reminding them of the words of the, mm-hmm. of the song that they know. Yep. Um, but yeah. I love that about about music. Mm-hmm. Um, so, guitar ever since? Yes. Well, okay. So, now we're talking about seventh grade, 12 years old. I'm now playing guitar, like, every day. <laughs> Getting the magazines, Guitar World, Guitar Magazine Monthly. Yep, I remember that. Um, yeah, World. and looking at the tabs and like figuring out playing different parts, like getting to the point where like, oh shit, I just played that and it sounds like that song I just played. But so working on that. Um, so it seemed very accessible. Yes. Yeah. Like yeah, and it was just it was. I don't know if I imagine everybody must have this thing that they find that instantly clicks in their life and makes sense. So they just keep doing that. And when you're a kid, it's easy to do that because you don't have any other responsibilities except for going to school. Um, did the uh, Did you transition from an apartment to like something that was more allowable? Yeah, eventually in like high school. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. So then back there, and then meeting a friend that played guitar, and he knew how to play way better than I did, and he knew bar chords. Nice. And you know that was another level up. You know, you learn to play a little Beatles melody on the guitar, and then maybe you learn some chords, and you can play a three, four chord song, and that's that's another level. You know what I mean? You gained another level of experience. But bar chords to me were like that was another. We got to get to bar chords because right. there was once you know bar chords and how they work, it opens up everything. Oh, everything. It, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I can't explain it in a condensed session or a condensed well, way. Even within that, too, you can transition from, once you know that, I would imagine you can transition from different things that are very similar to a guitar, like, you know, a, a banjo or, or mm-hmm. other kind of string instruments that are, like, very similar to that, that kind of have the same feeling. I know a banjo is a complete mind fuck. Is the it? thing about a banjo. <laughs> I don't the thing know. about a banjo. <laughs> I don't know. It's like so all the notes happen in like the same order, the same relation to each other. But the thing with stringed instruments is and you know, fingering those frets or you know, violins don't have frets, but the same right. idea. The thing about stringed instruments is they're not all tuned to the same string. Gotcha. Like a guitar goes E A D or no, yeah, E A D G B E. That's the six strings from <clears throat> the top to the bottom. But um, so they're tuned in. Oh no, they're not tuned. Isn't a banjo tuned in C? Yes, but the thing is, those strings, the like that and the violin and other, they're they're not tuned that way. They're gotcha. tuned um, completely different. I don't know exactly because I don't yeah, know those instruments as well. But the same shapes of my fingers on a guitar. Do not work the same oh, on okay. a violin or a banjo. All right. You gotta learn Completely where those banjo Then chords. it's a whole learning. If I took the time though, I could be like, okay, I know where these notes are on the guitar. Let me find something that tells me where these notes are on a banjo, and then I learn how to change my fingering. I got you. Um, so it's much like with language, once you understand what a verb is, an adverb, and all those things, then you know how to look for those kind of things within the context of another yes, language. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, all right. so it was a very, yes. Cool. That makes Awesome. Yes, oh, yeah, sense. that's all I got. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to be relative um, here. <laughs> yeah, so, so honestly, most of what I've done, so yeah, learning guitar, learned bar chords, 
started learning bar chords because then I moved to a different place and didn't see that friend again for a while. We tried to start a quote-unquote band, uh, middle school bands. It's not like we ever played a show, but like I would go over his house on the weekends. That's awesome. And we'd spend the whole time just, you know, loving music and trying to figure out how to write songs. Like he was very, he was uh, a prolific like songwriter and musical person. Wow. Uh, he passed away very, yeah, 27, younger, but wow, like the even, infamous age. Yes. Um, but he was just gifted, you know what I mean? And yeah. like, I was, I don't know, I think even back then I was like, okay, I found somebody, you know what I mean? If like, we'd ever made it, I would be telling a story about how I found this person who was like, I'm going to, let me, let me be this guy's second guy. Right. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I never felt like, I am not, you know, never felt like the upfront person, the guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm a good second guy. Like, have you ever seen Lost? Yeah. Yeah. And um, there's the idea of the number two. Yeah. He says it's very uncurly. Hurley, you made a good number two. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I feel like I'm a great number two. And I, you know, I had that number one. Uh, and he That's told how me I feel a lot. about myself. You know what I mean? Like. But then I'm very egomaniacal, I'm, and then I always yeah. push to the lead, and then people I, are like, well, this is what you asked I for. Am so, yeah. <laughs> I am so happy and at my best when I'm helping that front person yeah. bring their thing. Yeah. You know, add to that and bring that out of them. Um, anyway, back to the story. So, yeah, so I guess. And then in high school. <laughs> Rico's yeah. doing some fun things with uh, smoke people. Yeah. <laughs> That's what if we you hear us laughing or any background noise, it's Rico. Yeah, just so, know it's Rico. <laughs> so back then, um, and then I realized like uh, Metallica became my favorite band, and like it was all about bands, and so I always just wanted to be in a band. That was my life goal. I, <laughs> Sorry. He's doing tricks with <laughs> glass and smoke that I've never seen before, <laughs> and his. My mind's He's being very <laughs> distracting, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> this is New Year's, so Y'all like we're we're all no. having drinks like and that. hanging out. Oh, so I haven't seen Chuck in forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been a year and a half, so we're catching up. And I haven't recorded you yet, so I feel bad. Yes. Yeah, no, don't don't feel bad. It's you know. <laughs> well, we had you over then, and that mm-hmm. was the intention. Yeah. It never happened because you were going to try and help me hack this dumb system that I bought that was way above what I should have bought. It was not necessary. We're on Audacity right now, people. Audacity's good. It's great. It's all you need. If you just need to get, uh, you know, record a voice and... It's all I can do. Yeah. It's it's really, (laughs) like, Audacity's a great piece of software if all you need to do is, like, you know, record your voice and make a podcast out of it it's mm-hmm. perfect yeah no it's totally great i love it um it's a cool thing but i bought studio one and that was i mean it it's was, like what you were talking about like if like, you have a band and you want to record each individual instrument yeah. vocals everything and then audacity's probably not going to work for you no it's going to make it at least a lot harder mm-hmm. you, you would need something like studio one it's like bringing um a swiss army knife when all you needed was a butter knife. Yeah. 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 No, that's exactly what I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, when I used to do the sound for your podcast, I was basically using a Swiss army knife when I needed a butter knife, but I knew how to work the Swiss army knife yeah. better than the arm, better than the bar, butter knife. Yeah, that's, exactly. Uh, like the program I use is called Ableton and there's, it's got way much more in it than you need. 
for a podcast. But I used it for all those other things. Yeah. And I used it so much that I just knew where everything was. Um, even when it came to like the GarageBand and Logic, still great programs. Um, but I just knew how to use Ableton better. So I always go back to it because I, I know the shortcuts. I know how everything works. That's me I know in where Photoshop. everything is. Yeah. And, and even Photoshop, I don't know everything about it. Somehow I passed some kind of exam on on LinkedIn mm-hmm. that I don't even I don't even understand how I passed it. I was just guessing, mm. but I guess I, I guess well, it's right. like you have any, that intuition or for photo. Or my guess know. would be like you. I don't know. You must know know more than you think you know. Either that or it's a bullshit test. It could be that. Yeah, it could be, <laughs> it yeah. could be a bullshit test. Mm-hmm. Trying to be like, oh, she's ballsy enough to take mm-hmm. our little thing. Let's. let's or you know that know. much more than like I've never I used Photoshop. So half I, the stuff they were asking me, I was like, oh, I don't even know what they're saying. <laughs> I feel like I should be able to look this up. Like, it would yeah. be informative to know the question so I could hunt the answer. Mm-hmm. But I was so intimidated that I just, I mean, it was multiple choice. So mm-hmm. that made it easy because if I had to write multiple in anything. Multiple choice, easy kind of test. Like, cause I, I've always been a good test taker. Mm-hmm, me too. Uh, that's how you can get away with uh, playing guitar instead of homework. Yes. And then take the test and still pass the class. Absolutely. Um, good test, and especially multiple choice. Because you just, some, you like at two. least one is going to be completely like nonsensical. Yes. Yes. There might be two that are close. Yes. And if you read it closely, you're going to be like, uh, you know. Um, I got this. Yeah. You make a really good educated yeah. guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes it's how they word it, which, mm-hmm. you know, kind of gets me. Which, like I said, Photoshop, I know how to use it for what I know how to use it for. I know that there is probably the same with yours, uh, your your system. There's a million shortcuts that kind of mm-hmm. lead you to the same end, mm-hmm. but I know my way. Right. So I and as long as you can do it quickly and efficiently, nobody mm-hmm. cares. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I um, I didn't care. I was just so happy that somebody wanted to help me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, thank God, thank God. But then I was I was in the background messing around with it, and uh, I was like, okay. If I could just, the biggest thing was honestly the vocabulary mm-hmm. because there's a lot of like gain, for example, mm-hmm. and just different, the way that they phrase certain things, like what you were talking about with Jen earlier mm-hmm. about how there's right and left you yeah. know, speakers in audio and how they're both recorded differently and they come together into fusion because mm-hmm. it's much like your eyes too, like your eye picks up one view and then the other, but then together they create that mm-hmm. that space. It's the same with audio, too. Yeah. Um, with audio, it would be like depending. So you can like pan something. Panning is left right, and this right. Right, another, yeah. <laughs> if you pan it all the way to the left, it sounds like it's just happening on the left. Pan it to the right, it sounds just happening on the right. But like the closer you get it to the center, like there's, there's, a, there's a spectrum, there's a field there that your ears perceive. <clears throat> Um, and you can use that in audio to kind of like, right. you know, affect the way it sounds. Absolutely. And then the background noise, like the actual space, like what we have right now probably only works because we're on a, on a, you know, I have a, a tablecloth mm-hmm. here and, you know, there's four of us. So it's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things in this room for things to bounce off of. Yes. Um, but there's also enough stuff, I think, to like absorb so here's the way sound waves. Right. Oh, here it's we really go. crazy. Yeah. Sound <laughs> waves. <laughs> like, for instance, the sound of my voice is they're coming out in its waves, disturbances mm-hmm. in the air. Right. Um, and the microphone is picking them up at a certain point. 
So like the closer I get to the microphone, it will sound different right. than sitting back in the chair because it's getting that wave at a different point in its right. um, velocity power and velocity. Yes. Yeah. So the reason we do room treatments mm -hmm. is because sometimes we want to like absorb. So if you had just like a, a, if you're sitting in a square room with reflective walls, so those sound waves go away from the source mm -hmm. and then they will hit something like a wall and bounce back. <laughs> Right. In different angles and directions. Um, and a microphone... Right now, the microphone is picking up some of those waves that are hitting off your walls, off of that uh, that deer, off of that sheep, <laughs> off of that cat tower. You know what I mean? It's all coming back into the microphone. Yep. Um, yep. And so you can affect what the microphone picks up and records for posterity by what it's being either absorbed or deflected or reflected by in the room. Got you. Yes, yes, yes. I always I, I visualize it a lot like um, um, when you take that first shot into a pool table, mm -hmm. like where that ball hits, and yeah. then just how everything disperses and then rockets yeah. back off, and where they where they go from there. And it's kind of the same physics as that when you're trying to direct sound or something. You got to think mm -hmm. about it kind of that way, except for there, it's not a direct hit. It's like a it's like a sonar hit. Yeah, like it disperses yeah. out from that initial point. Yeah, it's not so much like in, in in pool where you're like, okay, I know the way physics works, so I know that if I hit the ball here with this velocity, the other ball is going to go this way and that way. Sound, <laughs> As if I could At do least that. to me, it sounds like, um, <laughs> it's always like a, you know, you just find, a, find that good spot where it sounds good. Right. Like, sometimes you want those reflections. If you want a lot of, you know, if you want the recording to sound like you're in a room, then you want those reflections and reverberations. Um, but sometimes you don't want all that. You want it, you know, I don't know. It's I'm, an artistic thing. There's no right or wrong way. I can honestly say that I haven't gotten to any kind of artful level of it. I'm sure yeah. you have. I mean, I come from the school of punk rock, so yeah. like, you know. It's pretty raw. Right. Yeah. Like, I am definitely more of the, like, let's just do it and see what that sounds like and figure it out, as, as opposed to, like, let's try and make it perfect. I would feel like that um, perhaps teaches you more. If well, you remember I what you did. I definitely feel like it, since I basically taught myself, well, me and magazines and internet tablature taught me how to play. That's yourself. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe that gave me my own style. Like, I'd, I've, you know, played with much more educated musicians and I can hang with them, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I can't always explain why I know what I know other than like when I play this it sounds right and when I play that it doesn't sound right yeah and like I mean at this point now I understand the way like you know scales and stuff works um but it's not like I was ever formally trained on it I yeah. don't feel like I could teach somebody else you know what I mean yeah. that's another reason I've never tried to um be a guitar teacher or anything like right because I can only tell you the way I did it, which was I did it myself. Right. <laughs> and I, you know what I mean? I can't tell you the, a right or wrong way to do it. And when it comes to art, there's never really a right and wrong way. Right. I can just, you know, all I, if I were to try, if somebody, if I had a kid who asked me for lessons, is like, I can tell you the way that I did it, which is the way it's figured out. I, I found the resources that were available. Right. And I used those to teach myself. Yeah. And I didn't have YouTube. So... It's like no excuse. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, and I think that that's a, I mean, that's something that, that we share when it comes to art, when it comes to, you know, all of it is that the same thing with me is that I kind of, I 
when I was teaching my apprentices, I didn't, I didn't mm-hmm. know. I mean, I'd have people come in for haircuts mm-hmm. when I was doing haircuts and they would say this signature haircut that I think has basis in actual haircutting, mm-hmm. that it's a coined haircut. But I didn't know what the hell they were talking about. They were just, I was like, can you show me a picture? Because mm-hmm. I can do what you show me in a picture. And mm-hmm. then, you know, they would show me a picture. We had lots of, you know, books out front. But like, I I knew how to technically do mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you I, knew how to play it by ear. Right. All exactly. you had to do was hear the song and you could play it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But that's not, like you said. Because you knew your instrument. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And you knew what it was going to sound like when you, you know, manipulated your instrument in this fashion. Yeah. Yep. You knew what it would sound like, and you knew how to make it match the picture you were looking at. And I don't know what's... It feels to me, mm-hmm. and I don't know... I think you're right. Like, yeah. I don't think I'll ever be yeah. a great teacher. Yeah. Like, I don't know... That, I don't, I'm don't. i not sure if it's called Beethoven's Fifth, right. but I know it goes... Dun, 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 right. Dun, 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 dun. You know what I mean? Right. I exactly. Like yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's the I thing. I know how to do dun, 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 dun. Yeah, you can make that sound. Even if I'm not sure it's called Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's already here, my next book. Okay, listeners, I've got something to share with you that I'm already in love with. I don't know about you, but I'm a total book nerd. I have so many books. A lot I haven't read, I admit. There's just something about having bookshelves full of possibilities that calms my soul. So when I attended the Bogota City Tattoo Fest this past August for the first time, I was delighted to run into my friend Ina Vigilato. We've actually had her on our show, so go check that out. Straight away, it was like God used Ina to guide me over to Black Dagger Books. There I met Travis Lawrence and Josh Rowan, the creators of this enterprise, and got hooked as soon as I saw their product. It's these beautiful little books just full of art, amazing art from amazing tattoo artists. From here, I'm just going to read what their site says. Black Dagger Books is an ongoing collection of artists defining modern tattooing, published monthly, one artist per book, one book per month. A subscription is $25 a month. You get inside of these beautiful books, these these custom stickers, each one is filled with the most gorgeous artwork and it always concentrates on these awesome tattoo artists and I try to follow each one as soon as I as soon as I open the book. I'm just like, oh my God. So it's really worth it. Uh, do yourself a favor, go over to blackdaggerbooks.com or if you're on IG, Black Dagger Books, it's all one word, and check out their product. Uh, Like I said, the subscription is awesome and I'm really happy. Uh, This quells everything about, you know, the book nerd in you, the art collector. It also cures any guilt that you might have about having books just laying around because this gives back to the artist community. It's it's a win-win. And just so everyone knows, I'm not being paid to shout these guys out. I just genuinely love their product. And also, I really love them. You know, the creators, Travis and Josh, were amazing. They were so kind to me. They gave me so much of their time at the Tattoo Festival. So if you ever have the chance to meet them, talk to them. They're great guys. I just can't say enough things. So do yourselves a really big favor. Go check it out. Thanks so much, listeners. Let's get back to our podcast.
You know that it has and that sound. Don't at me if I'm wrong, because I just told you I don't know that's what it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm making an illustrating point. Right. Well, I mean, you know, there was things like I, I had a girl that came in and she's like, I want Lolita curls. And I was like, what the hell are Lolita curls? And I was like, I read the book, but I don't know if you want that. Oh, yeah. you know, like, that's not. Isn't that a really <laughs> thing? What? I know. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was getting and it. it was like these big barrel curls. I was like, oh, shit. Okay. That's what they're called. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. Cool. I, don't, I didn't know. She's like, I thought that's what everybody called them. I'm like, well. I have just been educated today. But that's the thing is that, like, I'm not sure. uh, I mean, you can make art either way. Um, It's fine. But as far as, like, um, I do think it's nicer when you can find your own vibe with things. Like, yeah, you're not going to be able to teach anybody that. But I do think there's, like, a spark that you can give people as long as you can hack how to make it fun. Mm -hmm. Like, as long as you're a person that doesn't. I think anything can be an art yeah. to somebody. It's like really like, this is the way I like to do it. Yeah. And this is the way I think it's the best. Right. So this is my art. I mean, that's like, all I have to give anyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is what I've done. This is what I do. Yeah. And this is, I mean, do it whatever way you want to. But that doesn't. Yeah. I think Just for do people. do it with passion and because that's right. the way I like to do it. Like, this is the way I change the oil in my car. Like, right. It may not be like to me, you know, it might be my art. It's like. I love doing this and I think this is the way you do it and it turns out the best this way. And yeah. And, and like you said, the only things that are really finite are just those fundamentals. Like mm-hmm. these are the notes. Mm-hmm. This is the structure. Yeah. If you were to like, That's, you make up a song, but mm-hmm. if you want anybody else to play it, yeah. you if better, you want it to sound right. like this, you kind of have to do it this way. Right. Yeah. And if you want to bring in other musicians, you yeah. better be able to communicate mm-hmm. what they have to yeah. do. Like if you, you know, if you want to, a play a riff using palm muting that sound makes that palm muting sound yeah you know what i mean you've got to learn how to rest your palm on your strings to make that sound you can't if that's the sound you want you have to learn how to do that technique right because you can never do get that sound if you're not using that technique you You can't finger style pick the guitar and expect it to sound like yeah um that slayer riff that you were trying to play yeah (laughs) unless you were making a finger style version of that slayer song then that's how you might make it different that's true and outside of industrial i do feel like there's a lot of structure in music same with like art of any Mm -hmm. kind is like you know with us there's 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 form there's uh contrast there's you know like within any music you want you want light sounds you Mm -hmm. want heavy sounds Mm -hmm. you want you want a variety of things contrast you want um you know like if i were to think about as far as color you know like the different the different textures of the Mm -hmm. sounds and things like that you Mm -hmm. want that to be a part of it um i mean that's why kurt cobain used distortion pedals yeah sometimes a flanger a chorus pedal and that's your different textures yeah yeah yep and then um what a perspective Mm -hmm. you know i think that has probably more to do with audio sound than Mm -hmm. it does i mean perspective and audio is reverb right and chorus like reverb makes it sound like it's in a a big hall or a small room like that's those reflections we were that's the reverberations that make it sound like it's in a room that's your perspective right perspective are we panning it left or right mm-hmm. or a volume can create a perspective right. or even just like whether it's recorded versus seeing something live you mm-hmm. know like where are you standing in the stadium yes, how close exactly. up how far away like you some know? people like yeah. to be right up on that front of the stage yeah. right in front of the band 
But if you really want it to sound the best, you need to stand back, way back in yeah. front of the sound guy. Yep. Because that's the guy who is trained and practiced at making it sound good, and that's where he's standing. Yep. So it's going to be sounding the way, the best, in my opinion, standing in front of where that guy's yep. making it sound or the it best. Or it should. Yeah. And, and you know yeah. if you have a good sound guy, if it doesn't. Yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> I yeah. know. I, uh, I've i gone to, my a former boyfriend, boyfriend of mine was an audio engineer, and man, it sucked going to performances with him because he was so opinionated about the sound. Yeah. <laughs> Jen's mm-hmm. face. It's so funny. Oh, she's yeah. Like, she's been to a few shows. Oh, yeah. I was probably uh, <laughs> mansplaining a little audio to her last night. I'm I mean, sure. you're a man, so that's the only way you can explain. Yeah. <laughs> I was, or nerding. I, you know, nerding. I was audio nerding on her. I, she's used to it by now. After this <laughs> yeah. I love it. No, I mean you know, it's mm-hmm. it's like Rico on Guns. Every time he's mm-hmm. speak, and you're like, oh, I mean, I kind of glaze over like when he does. Every time it's like I did not know that, and I just learned something, and I'm grateful for that. I'm glad that you are learning yeah. because I am like this needs relevancy. I'm mm-hmm. so hands on that I'm like if I am not out of the range and you're not physically showing me how any of these the calibers, any mm-hmm. of these things are relevant, I am I am checking out mm-hmm. until I am in that place and it is relevant. Mm-hmm. That's that's always how my learning's been. If I am not currently doing it. I can't absorb. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, nope, I'm here, and this is all that matters. Um, and it, I don't know if it's socio, like sociopic, because, and it's in that way when it comes to people, too. Like, if I'm not in the same space, I'm not thinking about you. I had mm-hmm. somebody ask me the other day because I confessed that I I didn't call my mother when I first went to Italy the first time. And mm-hmm. they were like, well, it's a, it's a thing you do when you love somebody. I said... I understand that mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. but I, you know, and also she, but, she was worried. That's why mm-hmm. she was really upset that I didn't do it. She was freaking out because mm-hmm. I was in another country and she didn't hear mm-hmm. from me and all that stuff. But I was like, that being said, what they followed with was, well, think about it if it were you. If somebody went to another, somebody you really cared about, if they went away from you and you didn't know what was going on, would you worry? And I said, no. I wouldn't no. immediately fucking judge them. No, but <laughs> I, I wouldn't immediately judge their character. That's I how I would feel. Like, I wouldn't no, they even. Didn't call, but I'm sure they're fine. And if. I don't know. I wouldn't think about it unless I heard personally. a major, like, thing, honestly. Yeah. Like, unless mm-hmm. I hear from that person and they're saying, hey, I'm in a bad way or I'm sick or. Mm-hmm. Or if I know that they're struggling with something, I don't think about them. Yeah. Like, I completely disassociate. I consider it, like, logic. I don't know if it's even logic or mm-hmm. if it's just... It occurs to me that it's not rational mm-hmm. to worry about also, something I, I mean, can't control. I've never been a parent, so I don't... <laughs> I've never been a parent, so I can't understand that level of worry. I don't know. Maybe it's something like that. But anyway... I mean, I, I will say yeah. when my cat was ailing, there was a part of me that was like, ah, oh, you know, I hope it's, he's going to be all right. Yes. Yes. He's feeling much better now. We're mm-hmm. feeding him so much. Mm-hmm. We don't even care. We're so just like, get fat. So what is the inspiration for the name Ickis? Ah, uh, uh, real monsters. No. <laughs> no. I know. <laughs> but that was, that was where they had that name. Um, and I didn't realize it. So I just looked at him. I looked at him and I was like, he he has a regalness about him, but when he was a little kitten, he had all these wild, like, 
white hairs. He still has a few scattered, but he had these wild white hairs that were just much longer than the rest of his fur. And he lost them as he got older. So he was kind of like like wild scientist kind of looking, mm-hmm. but he was so regal. Like he, he his sat his hair was interesting. I know. Right. Like he's he's it sticks just, out as being different. It's just kind of like floppy in there. When he bush, half bushy? It's not bushy bushy, but he's like a medium hair cat. He's yeah. like full long, but he's he, and he feels like a bunny. Yeah. He's like super, super, super soft. <laughs> He's using his hands. He eats yeah. with his hands. I, I can't explain to you. Dude, well, that was on one audio, of the things exactly when he was doing. ailing. Mm-hmm. I was like, God, because I was, I was super upset. Um, everybody, Rico was praying to the saints for him. And I was, I was, you know, I was just like, God, show me he wants to be here. Like, let him do the little things he used to do. And when he started doing certain things, I mean, first eating, Mm -hmm. like that was a big thing, drinking and eating. But after that, um, he started doing all the little things he used to do again. And the hand thing is big. He uses his hands a lot. Mm -hmm. He wakes me up in the morning that way. He'll like hit my face (laughs) in the morning. Um, He's real funny that way. Mm -hmm. He'll get real close and start purring like Mm -hmm. real loud. He's such a, I mean, Rico was really upset because he was like, he's never had a connection with a cat like this. Mm-hmm. My other cat's yeah. a lot more like a cat. They've like, always been like indoor, outdoor for me. Yeah. Like you let them outside, whatever, man, they do what they want. Yeah. Moving yeah. furniture. Yeah, we were just looking at pictures of, yeah. of cats in the snow the other day. And I, my mind was like, my mind got weird because like when I was growing up, we always had cats, but they were specifically indoor cats. Mm-hmm. Um. But I know that people have outdoor. So it was weird. I was like, cats in the snow? That's weird. Why would they be outside? And then I had to remember that some people keep, there's barn cats. Mm-hmm. People keep their cats outside. So yep. I oh couldn't God. imagine them liking the snow, though some of them look like they were having a grand old time in these memes. Some people actually will bring snow if they know that they can't let their cats out for whatever reason. Like if it's too deep, they'll bring snow and put it in their in their bathtub so their cats mm. can play in it because their cats like it so much it's like too deep for their cats to go in because they'll just sink mm-hmm. but they'll bring it in and like let their cat and they love it like i watch so many videos mm-hmm. of just i mean that's my crack mm-hmm. <laughs> we were watching the other day you mentioned barn cats like the best are cats and horse relationships mm-hmm. oh my god when like you just have a horse that is sitting there like like mm-hmm. throwing the cat mm-hmm. <laughs> and the cat's like oh yeah man oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is great but yeah, that's, I mean, he's, he's awesome. And the inspiration was just like, I said, he looks a little icky, but in a stately way. So ick us. Mm. So he's not like, a, I just always assumed he was like a character from no. mythology. I just didn't know about. No. Wow. Ah, real monsters. No. Yeah. Massey's the same way. So Massey, uh. Was a big cat? Big kitten? No. You got great mass? She's little to this oh, day. Okay. So she is a masochist. Okay. I found that out right away. Mm-hmm. She just, she, you'll like rough her up and she'll act all upset, but then she'll come right back. Mm-hmm. Like it's just this weird cycle of like her so turning around. you're telling around. me she's a girl. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> you got it. No, totally. She's a girl. Uh, and she... She has a very short face. So mm-hmm. when she was younger, she could not eat wet food or any kind of food without smashing her whole face mm-hmm. into it. 
So she'd come up and just have food all over her. So Messy Face. So her mm. her full name is Miss Massy Face. Mm-hmm. So she's a masochist and a messy face. And that mm. I just combined them. I don't name anything based on something else. Mm-hmm. That's a weird thing with me. I don't know if it would carry true to a kid mm-hmm. or something like that. But I always want to meet the personality and then the name comes. Mm. It, I never have an external name that I dubbed something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just feel like I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, you know. I think just always wanted a black dog named Ozzy. So we found a black dog. There you go. called him Ozzy. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm sure he was an Ozzy. He, he was. was. He lived into the name. Well, and I think that's the thing about a name, too, is that either you register the personality, you dub the Mm. name with it, or you invoke a personality with a name. And you got to be very careful about that. Yeah, we did the latter. (laughs) 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 He was eating heads off of bats. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Hey, did he eat the heads off of things? He would have. I'm sure. Why didn't he? That's awesome. They did eat the heads off of many stuffed animals. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, there you go. Mm-hmm. He was just following in those footsteps. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what that's what I believe, man. You got to watch it. Like anytime you like call something Genghis or something, be like, ooh, yeah, that's a loaded one. Mm-hmm. Like, like you, that might be great. I'm sure it'll be great for him, mm-hmm. but <laughs> there might be a lot of death in his path. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, so my cats, they're so sweet. Mm-hmm. I'm so thankful for them. Just uh, everybody, I, I, uh, that's my gift. Rico wanted a, uh, a new muzzleloader. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, can that be your Christmas present? They said, yes. And I said, thank God, because I didn't know what to get you. And that's awesome. He's like, well, what do you want, babe? He got me wine, which got I appreciate. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask for anything. I just said, well, we just spent a lot. On our baby, so I'm content. Mm-hmm. We get him for the <laughs> for however much time, but I'm I'm content with that. And he's such a good man. So that was my it was my gift, and I don't want anything else. And I really am fine for the for the rest of my life. I don't know if I want anything else. I'm I'm gonna roll with it. <laughs> he's a good looking cat. He is, and that's the thing. He he sachets. Mm-hmm. Like, he saunters, which is, I mean, he just has this, like, I'm too sexy for my fur. Mm-hmm. Too sexy for my fur. Like, right? And he's like, I know, I'm going to Right get... said Fred. That song was so huge in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. my God. I know, right? Seventh grade? Yeah. I was Do you in play se- it? I was in seventh grade when that song was the, what when that song was out? that song. That must be 92. I was in seventh, eighth grade, 92, 93. So, yeah. You have a good mind for oh, dates and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> you do. Well, I just remember where I was at and what was happening. You were talking you know about I mean? Gettysburg earlier and if it was 64, 63, uh, and I'm like, fuck it. No, no, I mean, I know what it was. <laughs> I'm try- I was trying to explain it to that Will Smith movie because they were talking like <laughs> dates and stuff. And I'm like, I don't think that's like I was confused. Right. Because I knew the history as I knew it was. Um, what they just, were It was outlining. just throwing me off. Yeah. 
I don't know, but I I didn't know. I I don't have when I was taught history, it was art history, and mm. they wanted periods. Yeah. So it was a range. So you learned about a certain period of art, which mm-hmm. would range sometimes even a century, mm-hmm. like from this you know point to this point. So you had to get time frames, not specifics. Like when they study music in the yeah. future, and they talk about the time periods of rock and roll, it's yeah. gonna be that was the nineteen fifties. Through about the mid 1990s, yeah. because that's when hip hop took over and ruled the world. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then it was, you know, the hip hop period yep. from mid 90s to whenever it ends. Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and I think that was just. I, I think my teacher understood that if I if they, mm-hmm. she got really specific with those dates, that was not something that artists were going to be able to very cling mm-hmm. to mentally. Nice. Yeah. So they were, she wanted it to be successful. Yeah. She's like, okay. And it's also it. very yeah. blurry when it comes to art. It's because art it's is all about the old styles mixing with new style. Yeah. That's another great thing about music yeah. and all arts is when you take hip hop, for instance. Right. Like now, elements are hip hop are found in every different kind of music. Your uh, pop, even rock, even country. Yes. yes. Like the most popular country these days. Yep. Is has heavily influenced, heavily like <laughs> you will hear an 808 drum machine drum, and mm-hmm. like you hear that, that's from hip hop. Mm-hmm. So, yep. but yeah, even and the delivery, there's a lot of songs that are done in a rapish style. I don't you know, I'm not gonna call it rap, but delivered in a uh, you that know, pace. fast syncopated mm-hmm. pace, yep, but yeah, but that's. And that's art. That's the way, like, mm-hmm. I don't know specifically, like, you know, cubism versus realism and how those mixed and created something else. I'm sure it was. Well, it's it's a, it's a marrying, though. And I think the yeah. reason why she wanted that was so that we could, besides the specifics, understand what was happening. Because mm-hmm. it all correlate, <laughs> correlates back to historical relevancy itself, like mm-hmm. cultural. Art is reflective of culture. Mm-hmm. So... You know, whatever's happening, you know, when you see certain women breaking into art at that point, you know mm-hmm. there's a lot of feminism that's coming about in that, that sphere. Um, the same thing with, like, um, you know, like the Cubists and everything. Like, what, either they're rebelling against something that's happening that they want to push back at and was test Cubist the boundaries. Was Cubist the punk rock of art? I think in some ways it was. Okay. Definitely Van Gogh. Van yeah. Gogh was definitely the punk rock of, like, art. Okay. Because he was, I mean, he was, nobody validated him in his lifetime, mm-hmm. like, ever. I mean, it's a lot of reasons why. He was a bit pretty strange dude. Um, but, yeah, like, he was definitely a punk rock within it. Jackson Pollock, um, though he became very um, elite eventually. Mm-hmm. Like, all of them, it depends on whether or not they get recognized in their lifetime. Jackson Pollock did, so mm-hmm. he kind of had his, like, I like to say yeah. it as like we a sellout. We hate the system until the system embraces yeah. us. And yeah. now we are the system. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like Now we're being fed by yeah. the system, so it's yes. different. Now <laughs> the government and every major corporation believes the same thing that I do. Right. I'm the punk rocker. Well, and, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, investing in my faith now. And they say that, you know, it's, it's a very hard thing for a wealthy person to get into heaven. Um, you know, it's like mm-hmm. through the, the eye of a needle is, is how yeah. shallow your ability is. <laughs> what he's that. talking about, like, yeah. what are you keeping? I mean, the real purpose of when Jesus said that was like, it's not to say that rich people are evil. No. It was to say that 
if you have money, like, you just got to keep your mind on what's real. You know what I mean? It's not mm-hmm. impossible. Yes. But don't let yourself be deluded by your your wealth or riches or fortune. Right. You know what I mean? You're still just the same as these other people. You're, right. This rich man is the same as this leper right. when it all comes down to everything else. Yes. Like, that's, you know. I mean, ego is a, it's a, uh, it's pretty hard thing. That's how I interpreted it. No, I, I agree. You know what I mean? No, it's, it's totally, it, it doesn't mean that you're evil. It's just that. It's how you, you know, treat other people. Like yes. you can, you know what and I what mean? what you worship. You can have nothing and still be an asshole to everyone you meet. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? That oh. doesn't mean you're getting Lots into heaven easier. Are. I've met them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then the most generous people you could meet sometimes mm-hmm. have a lot of money. You know yeah. what I mean? Or none at all. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like it's just one of those things that you have to know who you're serving at the end yeah. and what is the ultimate power. And mm-hmm. if, I mean, money is a power system. Mm-hmm. That's what people don't understand is that like it, that in itself doesn't corrupt, um, just like a weapon can't mm-hmm. shoot you unless it has somebody wielding it. But um, within that, it's a great force, you know, like if you have somebody who has a gun, mm-hmm. And they're up against somebody who doesn't. It it would probably take a rare person to not default to that weapon mm-hmm. if if it came down. It's to... It's hard to not grab the ring of power. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? So that's what that's I'm saying. Why it's it's a like Frodo. If I have a gun, why am I going to get on the ground and grapple with you? I'll yeah. just shoot you, and it's over. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you, six feet two two. Yeah. Do you believe in? <laughs> do you believe in in you know being? right and good to other people and their rights or do you believe in doing whatever you need to do to get what you want yeah and that's why you can buy people with guns yep well and that's why it's hard as a as a uh, wealthy person because i think a lot of that too is about networking and deals and it makes things easier and then in the bible that story it's almost like was that guy asking jesus for a a shortcut with money into into heaven and he's basically saying no, bro, that's not how it works. Yep, exactly, yeah. exactly. Like, if that's what you're trying, you didn't understand the assignment. Mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, I I, uh, I, I definitely like all of those kind of things, which is why I'm, I'm happy with him being an artist to be humbled quite often mm-hmm. by it. I think that's what's great oh, about yeah, art, is that it's... Nothing more humbling than being a local musician. Oh, my God, dude, I can't <laughs> even imagine. You work so hard writing all these songs... With your buddies, and you think this is great, and you're gonna go and play them for these people. You get there first of all. None of your other friends bought tickets to come, and mm-hmm. the people who did come just stare, look, and stare at you, waiting for the <laughs> band that they paid a ticket to see comes on. You know what I mean? I don't, but I do. Yeah, it's the, because I you I'm put so not much that into, That's why I started. That's what turned me into loving to be in cover bands because mm-hmm. then I could actually make people very happy. People enjoy themselves when. When it comes, you know, cover bands and, and music, when they recognize the song you're playing, mm-hmm. they tend to enjoy themselves more yep. than hearing a song that you think is off. Excuse me, think is great, and then you put so much and like it's got so many layers of like uh, I don't know. Well, like, it's you between, can put so much yeah. of yourself into a song and the work you did making it and creating it and sculpting it and just the way you wanted to be presented, just to show it to people and the men that you like. I don't get it. Well, yeah, they don't have the kind of, I mean, we've even discussed like, you know, knowing panning and left and right. Is that the right. Washington Monument or a penis? Right. I don't get it. Well, it could yeah. be both. Depends on how big you are. Um, 
But yeah, like the I mean that's it's the same with uh, me too. Like you can um you can fall into as as a tattoo artist or any kind of artist really depending on um the accessibility of the imagery and and who cr- created it. Like there's lots of tattoo artists mm-hmm. who do things like Bob's Burger parodies and mm-hmm. you know like they they pick pop culture and they just spin off that. I feel mm-hmm. like that's the cover band of like the tattoo world. It's yeah. like all the anime artists. It's like okay, but well it's also um uh, got to be a measure of giving the the client what they wanted. Yeah, giving the people you know what I mean. Yeah, like um I don't know. It's probably I look forward to when it come when those things come my way. <clears throat> I look forward to usually, because I don't usually know mm-hmm. very much about it, I look forward to digesting something that I don't know mm-hmm. so that I can meet this person and their love of something mm-hmm. and then draw out of it something that can be mine and mm-hmm. that I can kind of get into. But I will say that, like, overall, I like the custom thing because I love... Um, because I have that ability with tattooing because I can sit with people. I can talk with them. We, we can bounce back and forth. There's a dialogue much unlike, I mean, you can register their joy because of how they're moving in, mm-hmm. in, a, in an audience and stuff. But there isn't that back and forth. Um, it's your solely. There is an energy. I'll tell you yes, that. There yes. is nothing like yes. the energy between being in an unknown local band playing a song you wrote. Mm-hmm. The difference in that energy between playing the most popular song that's out right now. Yep. And, or, you know. That, that human energy passed back and forth. It's a, I don't know, it feels like a real thing. There's no yeah. higher drug to me than like being on a stage in front of people who are enjoying what you're actually doing. Oh, yeah. I, I, mean, I, I usually, in crowds, when I'm a part of the audience, I can only feel that if I'm on psychedelics because mm-hmm. otherwise I'm super anxious mm-hmm. because I don't, I have a, a big thing with crowds. Like mm-hmm. I don't enjoy them very much at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I do. I mean, we were, we were in one last night mm-hmm. for the show and like, I mean, maybe that's another reason. Another thing I love about music is like when we all come together in one place yeah. to watch an artist, like everybody there is, you all have at least one thing in common. Yeah. You know what I mean? You you want to see this person that's in front right. of us. Well, if so I'm not like, on a drug though, I get really stingy about, I, I think, politeness and mm-hmm. things like that. Like, why are you bumping into me? Why are you, why are you pushing me out mm-hmm. of the way? Like, there's people that just clamor for certain spots in a room mm-hmm. that I'm like... And then if it devolves or if a fight breaks out, like, I'm always, like, super vigilant mm-hmm. just because I know how quickly, you know, that great vibe mm-hmm. can turn into a not great vibe mm-hmm. given one little scenario. Yeah. Like, one person yeah, shouts one fire. Out of every <laughs> One out of every hundred people is going to be yeah. an asshole. Yeah. But. And then that's all I can think about. Yeah. And it's terrible. So that's why I don't, like, I, if I'm on drugs, though, then I feel the emotion. Then I can feel that Do energy. Do you ever, like, just stop about. in the middle of the crowd and look around at everybody who's having a good time enjoying themselves? Yes and no. I caught myself doing that a couple times I think night. the problem is, is I always go with someone. Mm-hmm. I think if I... Because I've gone to, like, for example, I've gone to a movie theater by myself mm-hmm. and seen a movie by myself. That was rad. I suggest anybody, if you have never gone to see a movie mm-hmm. by yourself, did it all do the time it. when I was in the military. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. You know, it's all your snacks. It's all uh-huh. your, you know, like, people think you're weird, so they kind of stay away from you. <laughs> like, And it's really nice. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about getting back or, I don't know, or tripping. I don't know. It's just nice. I mean, it's not like... I've you never shouldn't gone be having myself. a conversation in a movie theater anyway. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? No, but but even still, and like the still, actual watching of the movie and discussing it, like I don't know. 
To or me, even just still. You, know I mean? you can watch a movie by yourself, and you can you can everybody can have their own personal movie theater that all connects to the same lobby. Right. And it would be the same as, all right, now let's talk about them. You know, everybody yeah. goes off in their theaters and watches the movie, and then everybody comes back, you know, watches the movie, yeah. undisturbed, getting their own uh, experience of that presentation, uh-huh. and then coming back together and watching it and talking about it. I don't well, know. then there's also, though, the need for, like, the biology. Like, what I liked about seeing it myself is that if I went up and go, I have to accept the fact that like I'm not gonna know what happened between in there. Mm-hmm. When you when you come back, sometimes you can go, what happened mm-hmm. to the person you're with, and they can give you a brief synopsis of like mm-hmm. what you missed or whatever. Or they'll be like, no, no, don't leave it. This, and you're like, I gotta go pee. Mm-hmm. Like really. So when there's nobody there, you just are like, oh, screw it. You mm-hmm. know, like it is what it is. Like it's just so free flowing. So if I think if I went to a musical venue just myself. Um, and it's funny cause, um, my ex, the audio engineer that I dated, he, that's when I met him. I went by myself, um, one time and it was really nice, but it was in church mm-hmm. and it was a very small venue and I don't know for whatever reason that was okay, to, but I was being wild. Like every time in the past that I've met a boyfriend, it's been very wild. Mm-hmm. Um, never had a home base to really invite them to until, until this guy. And then, Infiltrated the fort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you were on my territory, is what it was. <laughs> I had the high ground. <laughs> All right, diary listeners, that is the end of part one with Chuck Nunn. Please join us back next week so that we can hear more awesome things about DJing. We get nerdy, we get fun, it's awesome. Uh, I learned a lot in this particular conversation, both about Chuck and uh, what it is to be a DJ, and I think it's really cool when we can combine our, our experiences in this life and see ourselves and other people. So come back next week, you know, start 2023 in a good way, and uh, you know, hear a really cool inspirational story from a guy I respect very much. Later, listeners. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. You can find The Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing hearing from from our our listeners. listeners.